support for Defiance comes from Kraken, consistently rated the best and most secure Bitcoin exchange. Kraken puts the power in your hands to buy and sell Bitcoin. With 24-7, 365, world-class customer service, you can trust Kraken to support you, whoever you are, wherever you are. Available at kraken.com or via the mobile app, which is available on the Apple and Android app stores. Just search for Kraken Pro, which is K-R-A-K-E-N-P-R-O. It's a fascinating world for someone who's come from the outside and a little bit intimidating because, I mean, firstly, I Google every guest before I go and do an interview, but it's it's quite a different experience Googling yourself before doing an interview. I mean, I read the Guardian article, but obviously I have to... Oh, the first thing I got paid to write. It's a fantastic article. (laughs) Thank you. They said, um, I forget if it was 700 words or 750 words, but I didn't know that that was an estimate. So I wrote my copy and I was approximately 100 words over and I sat there and rephrased until I had it down to exactly the word count they told me. Really? How much time did you waste on that? <laughs> like five hours. You know, I think if you do more of that, you'll just be like, I can't, I'm not going to fucking do that. Well, I mean, then the New York Times, you have to rewrite almost entirely three times. Is it like, worth the money? Is it profile? It's it's worth it's worth being the only porn star to have been published by the New York Times twice. Boom. Yeah. But also, like, if I was going to, say I was going to interview Sean Penn, I'd watch some of his films before I interview him. Of course I would, right? Mm-hmm. So, naturally, I've... Am I going red yet? No. So, naturally, I have to Google you, and it's very different from the other 200 interviews I've done. Yes. It is slightly different. I'm also... I'm wondering what of my work you saw, because your, there's your, a range. I saw your tour of the world. Oh, lovely. I directed that. Do you know what? Do you know what's quite interesting about that? God, this is awkward because my dad also listens to my podcast. But, <laughs> but you know, creatively, let me say, just just creatively, it's very different from traditional blonde hair, fake porn, which becomes a little bit repetitive. It actually seemed quite creative and thought through. Which obviously, you've obviously gone for. When I started performing, I was very curious about pornography. And the company that I worked for, one of the owners recommended Cafe Flesh. The director's girlfriend at the time um, loaned me a bunch of DVDs from like the classic era. Like the, the 70s when they made things for theaters and there's there's this idea in the public consciousness that porn is Jenna Jameson but actually that was kind of a weird middle zone like looking at it from 2019 if you look at the beginning of pornography through to now like natural Natural was around in the 70s and early 80s. And we saw a resurgence in the mid-2000s. So there's like this pneumatic blonde stage in the medium that happened. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, well, you're very different looking, though. You're, I would say, if you don't mind me passing a compliment, you're more model looking than porn actress looking. I guess you could have been a model. It was an option. Or you were, and I have not done my research. No. Or it's a secret. Um, so, <laughs> uh, my grandmother. Uh-huh. There's this story. Okay. Um, it's in is my this book. an exclusive? No. Oh. This is yeah. this one. This one I pull out like every chance I get. So one day, my grandma calls, and we're on the phone, and she goes, "Your mother says you're like a model." Oh. And if you were a model, she wouldn't say like. And no offense, dear, but you're a bit short for that. <sighs> But, like, the word model in my head triggers that memory. So then, you know, things progress, and I start explaining, and I'm like, you know, like Betty Page. And she's like, yes. And I'm like, okay, but, like, DVD, and we're actually having sex. And she goes, oh, so you're a nudie girl. Um, <laughs> yes. A bit, a bit more. And she's, like, in the moving pictures. <laughs> And then at the end of it, at the very end of this like super tense conversation where I'm worried she's going to like get upset and like disown me or something. She's like, um, she says, I hope no one, because I had to tell her I'm using her nickname. Also, that's my stage name. Right. Okay. Um, And she goes, I hope none of the men at the nursing home get us confused. And try to put my feet behind my head because I don't bend that way anymore. And so it's like, oh, you like you knew what porn was this whole time. I could have just said, like, well, so again, so that's a, like another interesting area because, you know, I'll probably want to do the backstory, but it's not like you don't take your work seriously. You do take it very seriously, and like a lot of pornography clearly isn't very seriously taken. It's it's people put in a room. And they're making a scene, but you are clearly thinking through. You're trying to make it a bit more creative, right? I take everything seriously. Okay, so you take your work very seriously, but how do you share that with your family? Because, like, I can share my work with my family, but it is clearly something different to say to your mom. Oh, I've got this great new movie I've made. Because she, I mean, I don't know her impression of your work, but. however proud she is I doubt she's gonna watch it and if she does what a weird experience like what what is that like she she bought my book well that's okay yeah but that's no it's not it's just as bad as the pictures of dicks in it it's no what is it a pop-up there's a poem about blowjobs yeah but that's all these like visceral descriptions of having sex with men promiscuous sex um I, for me, I feel like that's like just as much of an oh god moment as like her watching my videos. Um, I think there's a difference. Okay, a mild difference, but it's there is a difference. Maybe in scale. How did Mum take it when you first told her? Uh, I had had a bottle and a half of wine. Okay. I don't remember that much of the conversation. Her response arrived in the mail. A so few days a later. phone conversation. Or- we had a phone conversation, okay. and then her response arrived in the mail, and it was a copy of um, Factory Girl. Okay. And I watched it, and I I didn't get it. 
I, I got the movie, but I didn't get what she could possibly have been trying to say to me. Um, and then I watched it again. And I watched it a third time with someone who was in film school. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe I'm missing something. An extra pair of eyes. Like, is there some metaphor that I'm not picking up on? Um, and then finally I came to the conclusion that we must have just spoken about the movie and she wanted me to see it. Uh, <laughs> we've settled We've settled in this like kind of happy zone where I don't talk about the specifics of my work. Uh-huh. And she doesn't ask me about them. Okay. And everything's fine. But if we do talk about my work, then these like one liners, like, oh, what did you do today? Try to find a pair of false eyelashes that match your pubic hair. Like, she gets like kind of like. That's not even accurate. No, you don't want your eyelashes to match your pubes. It's an entirely different kind of hair. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't think she's trying to be logical there. I think she's just venting her frustration. Yeah, but she tries not to do it, and I try not to put her in a position where she will. And I guess it's even more conflicting for her because you've been so fucking successful with it as well. Like you're top of your game. God, no, and like I'm the, the best at it, Mum. I warned her before it got to be like a thing that she yeah. might find out about. And then of course, like the neighbors have to run across the street and be like, do you know what your daughter's doing? And like, she's like, yes. And I'm trying not to think about it. Um, and your husband's watching it. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, basically. You judgmental motherfucker. Oh. Do you have siblings? Mm-mm. So it's just you and your mom. What about dad? Dad. Um, dad has made it very clear that some of us chose to live our lives in public and others did not. So he doesn't like to be talked about too much. Um, But he's generally like, are you mostly happy? You know, given capitalism? Um, Are you on drugs? No. Okay. How's the health and safety stuff? It's managed. Like, fine. It's a job. Yeah. You've ruined porn for him though because he can't can't because he might risks no, every, every tube site yeah. like there's there's me and if it's not one of my videos that someone's stolen and put up there then it's a ad for the flashlight or like you've ruined it for him he can't go into a porn store like that's probably no, like the least porn watching guy there is probably yeah. like really probably so how did how did this uh you know i've read the uh, guardian article when you considered the career you're like does that affect anything else i wanted to do that's new york times was that? Oh, it was covered in the Guardian as well. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, we'll check afterwards because okay. I'll put both articles in the show notes. But you said about being a teacher, but I actually read it a different way. That was definitely the New York Times. Really? Yeah. Right. We're gonna have to double check that. The afterwards. Guardian was about Measure B and why it was misguided. Right. I'm gonna check now. <laughs> okay. Because I think I'm right. But um, by the by, when you mentioned being a teacher, I didn't read it like oh, you're giving up a career potentially being a teacher. I actually read it almost like you had, you were considering whether you could actually be like a uh, mainstream actress and does it ruin that? I didn't give a fuck and still don't. Oh. Um, if I if I wanted to be an actress, I would have made very different choices. I did end up doing a little bit of acting. Turns out I'm decent at it. 
The Guardian. Oh, that's an interview about my book. Ah. I didn't write that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I read it in The Guardian. Okay. Okay, so we're accurate. So, so how did it come about? Like, I know you've probably told us loads of time. You're like, can't be popped yeah. again. So I was go-go dancing at the time. I'd gotten home from work, fallen asleep on the couch. One of my roommates came out into the living room. He was a photographer. He's like, you don't mind being naked? And I'm like, no, I don't, because I'm literally wearing a pair of fishnets masquerading as a shirt with Band-Aids over my nipples. Um, Cool housemate. I guess. And I'm like naked to what end and he's like well there are these websites they're like suicide girls they're not as shitty with the contracts um they want me to shoot for them what do you think and we decided that we would take the pictures and sit on them for a few weeks and then if i like woke up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat going like oh my god what have i done then we would delete them okay so like six weeks go by at least a month, and he's like, how do you feel? And I'm like, release them into the world! Um, so we did that, and then Digital Playground got in touch with me, and they were like, will you have sex with Sophia Santi? And I was like, Sophia Santi's beautiful, but wait, does she like women? Because I've done this and had it go very poorly. Like, could I meet her first, or like something? Like, picking sexual partners out of a book just like doesn't it's not functional for me okay. um so they had me come into the office and once i was in the office they're like how do you feel about boys and i'm like boys are st- oh you mean touching penises on camera let me think about it so i went away i thought about it i was like what are the things that porn could stop me from doing well i probably would never be able to work for disney do i care no i probably wouldn't be able to teach anyone under the age of 18 probably not even under the age of 22 do i want to be a teacher no do i want to go into politics absolutely not what are the other ramifications like okay it might um it might make it hard to date when i'm 30 spoiler it has but are you 30 now i'm 33 okay yeah you look about 23 oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) the edison bulbs throw off a very nice warm light (laughs) And I smoke like a chimney. Um, Or I did until last year. God, I want a cigarette. Yeah, I know Uh, that feeling. I have a pack right there in the drawer. They're calling my name. I know, I know, I know. I'll have one with you. This is terrible. Okay, so now I really can't because I'll drag you into it with me. You'll bring me down. Yeah, so... um, Right. So I thought about, you know, like, okay, it probably will alienate certain people, but are they the kind of people that I want in my life anyway? I don't really think so. Um, And then I looked into the health and safety stuff and they had regular HIV screenings. Um, There hadn't been any exposure since that testing system had been implemented. It had been a few years or at least like nobody working within the testing system had had a problem. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, the risk is managed. The clinic that was open at the time, they no longer exist. It was called Adult Industry Medical. It was set up by a woman named Sharon Mitchell. She had been a performer for quite some time herself. And you go into the clinic and they're like, all right, let's get your Gardasil vaccine because given the line of work, like HPV is a risk. You're 
almost certainly going to be exposed if you're having sex at all, much less having sex regularly with people who are also having sex with tons of different partners. Uh Um, So I liked that they were being proactive where they could also, and I felt comfortable with that level of risk. Um, Does that cat have one eye? Yes. What happened to his other eye? It was infected when he was rescued. He and Woodshire brothers. They were born under a porch. Hi, buddy. Are you the cutest? People are listening. There's There's two cats in here. One has one eye. He's a ginger cat and he's... He's like Ed Sheeran the cat. Ed Sheeran the cat? Yeah, he's Ed Sheeran the cat. Does Ed Sheeran only have one eye? No, he's ginger. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think of Pixel as more of an Oliver Twist. Okay. Oh, like, I can see it. Please, thumb lady, <laughs> may I have some more? All right, so... So back to the back to the focusing... So I ended up signing a contract with Digital Playground and mm-hmm. I was with them for a number of years until they were purchased by a company that at the time was called Man Win. Man Win. And I just, I really didn't enjoy working for them. Okay. Um, there was one scene. So I'm... I'm very light-skinned. I'm very sensitive to a lot of things, including sunlight. So when Digital Playground, under the new Manwin ownership, decided to shoot me two hours outside of Los Angeles in the desert on an abandoned mine set at noon in full sunlight, and then their answer to like me just like crumpling was to spray me down with sunscreen. Let me tell you what happens when you're naked, sweating profusely and covered in sunscreen. Guess where the sunscreen ends up? I'm, I'm, I mean, it's kind of obvious. It's all, all up in the like delicate lady ecosystem. Okay. So then the next week. They're like, yeah, we want to book you for like thus and such on like on like Tuesday. And I'm like, I will call you when my vagina is better. Like I explained in fairly graphic detail what the consequences of this desert shoot had been to my lady parts. And I'm like, like, I'm not fit to come to set. I don't know when I will be fit to come to set again. And I just never went back to set for them. Good. Fuck them. Yeah. Okay. Well, now they own everything. Everything is hyperbole, but like they own a, a big chunk of production companies. Okay. But you seem to be doing okay. Mm-hmm. With your broadening career as a writer as well. The, um, I'm going to make an assumption like the early days, it must be a little bit intimidating. And then over time, you become more confident in the industry, both in yourself as you know, a person as a performer, but also in what your expectations are of the studios or the people you work with. Is is that a fair assumption? Mm. Uh, 
it, it feels it feels like you're trying to cover like three different things with one question. Well, because I feel they're all confidence based. Okay. You know, there's confidence in yourself as a performer. There's confidence in being able to negotiate your arrangements with the studios, which probably mm-hmm. comes also with experience. Can't remember what the third thing was. But like mostly the studios. The way capitalism-driven porn works in America, uh-huh. you're very replaceable. Like, any individual performer is very replaceable. So you don't actually have that much bargaining power. And then the last time that I worked for a company that was not my own as a performer, I ended up taking a much lower rate because the director looked me in the eyes and said... I can't pay you more than I pay my contract star. And I was like, oh, having been a contract star on sets where the the like hired in talent got paid more, actually I respect that. So it's it's a bit counterintuitive because of the me factor. Okay. Like most most performers who have a similar amount of brand recognition, like have much different different goals than I have. And I'm like, I just want to make cool stuff that I think adds to the library of what's available because you don't really need to make any more porn at this point. Well, there's a, there's enough. Somebody said there's enough now. There's really, there's like more. You can't watch it all. You really can't. And like whatever the subject is, there's plenty. Yeah. Um, so unless it's like, Unless it's doing something that feels interesting, then I'm I'm not showing up from risking chlamydia for that. Like, it's it's not worth it. Uh-huh. Um, just so like Joe steals everything on Pornhub can spank his meat to something that was shot last week because like the stuff that was shot last year isn't good enough for him. No, but like we're a money motivated performer in my position. Then what you were asking would have a much different answer. Yeah, I guess. I guess the other the other thing I think about with this, and I've thought about it, whilst it's slightly awkward for somebody outside to be talking about it, at the same time I feel like, you know what I think about a lot is that I imagine most guys watch more porn than they watch Hollywood movies. I think there's a potential. And if it's not, it's still, it could be close. I don't think so because most people... So there's like the dedicated porn fans, right? And they show up to everything and they have a different interaction with the product. Okay. And then you have most guys who really cannot fucking wait to tell me. Is it okay to say that for you? You can say what the fuck you want. So they like cannot fucking wait to tell me how they fast forward through all the setup. They look for the one position that works for them. Could you do more doggy with your leg at a 36 degree angle, please? Because that's what I need. Um... And like, it's, it's very, it's very different ways of interacting with the product. And I think the guys who zero in on the 90 seconds that really works for them are the majority. And I think their 90 seconds at a time doesn't add up. So you're talking about minutes, but I'm talking about maybe the number of times they choose to watch. Oh, for sure. And yeah, for sure. And Say what it is. It's an entertainment product. Mm-hmm. Like listen to Spotify as an entertainment product, reading a magazine, 
watching an adult movie, watching a Hollywood. It's not education. But they're all in majority. Okay, you can get some education in reading and audio books and maybe a documentary. But generally speaking, these are entertainment products. But from my side, as an entertainment product, which is consumed by a high percentage of people, do we give a fuck as much about actresses in adult movies as we do, say, in Hollywood movies? I don't think we do. We really don't. But, but why is that? Because of the stigma around sex, because uh, it's like lefty mad libs, but I'm going to do it anyway, because the systems of patriarchy are really threatened by sexual liberation, especially female sexual liberation. The idea that a woman can take care of themselves financially without having to like go through the university system and have a packaged skill set. Like that's, it's not keeping people at their desks being productive, like producing capital. It's. But it is productive and producing capital. Yes. Not in, well, but Manwin complicates things and they are called mind geek now. Um, well, I know about those guys and fuck those guys. So I told you. Although the thing is, though, there are so many performers who now, like the new ones, the ones who never went through the professional like areas, they're thrilled with Pornhub. Wolf Hudson loves Pornhub. He's like so happy with his Model Hub page. He feels like he's being taken care of fairly financially. Like he likes that it's enabled him to like set up his own content stream. He's able to express his sexuality fully in a way that he couldn't do as a work for hire performer. Um, but I was so talking like, to as Cindy much about as, this. Right, but as much as there are all these women who are like, fuck Manwin, I'm like, but there are also all these women who are like, that's how my rent's getting paid. So it's complicated. So, so I, I told you I was, uh, meeting with Cindy Gallup today, talked to her a lot. By the way, she says hello. Oh, hi. Um, but she was also talking about when you talk about you know, male patriarchy. We were talking about Roll Red Roll. Um, have you seen that? It's the documentary about this student. I can't remember the college. Their American football team, and they rape a girl who's drunk and asleep. Okay. And what I worry about is by. It stand taboo because I talked about this to Cindy because I've got a son. He's fifteen. He's at that age where he's almost certainly being exposed to pornography, mm-hmm. and not a magazine with bums and boobs. He's in a playground, and it could be anything. And by not talking about it, and parents not talking about it to children, they're getting the wrong picture of what sex is, and potentially with a lot of maybe aggressive or male-dominated scenes, they may be getting uh, a poor picture of of women. So if I were in charge of the world, I would do very few things. I would say, okay, mind geek, I know. You have some profit scheme involving all these tube sites. Too bad. You don't get to leave porn laying around for free on the internet. Not this easily accessible. At least with the torrents, like you have to know how to work a torrent and the barrier to entry for that has decreased drastically in the past few years. But still, like 
your average 10 year old isn't accidentally going to stumble on a torrent. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing I would do is shut that down. The next thing I would do is make essentially the public access of educational sex content and have it focus on things like communication skills. Mm-hmm. My advice column at Slate, like, almost every question boils down to your communication skills are haywire. And like, like it's like, oh, you're having trouble in the rest of your relationship and it's affecting your sex life. Of course it is. You need to work on the communication issue. Why is it my job as a porn star to try to get people to work on their general communication issues? But here we are. And kids need to be finding ways of communicating clearly with each other about sex and they need to be finding examples of how to treat each other kindly sexually before they find just the gangbang portion of a kink.com video without the intro and end videos framing the fact that it is fantasy, Mm -hmm. which circles back around to the tube sites being the problem because when scenes are removed from their context, then like whatever the creator put there to try to frame the work as what it is gets stripped away. Because it's scenes and goes straight to the action. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because guys don't want to see the setup but the, so there's this whole like culture that has this really terrible feedback loop. But the broader point being is that it's still entertainment. Even if we move on from children, it's still entertainment. Okay, it's uh, I can't remember, is it rated R here? We have it an 18 in the UK. Like, mm-hmm. You know, a Quentin Tarantino film's an 18. But any actress in that is treated and classed as a you know, a star performer and respected. And if anything inappropriate was to happen on set or any mistreatment, that that would be dealt with quite severely. Whereas in, say, I'm thinking in porn, you know, you talk about there's the potential that, you know, you've dealt with difficult producers. And Did you catch that whole Weinstein thing? Well, I did, but that's like an extreme example. And I, I don't think if Weinstein had been working in the porn industry he would have been treated the same probably not well that's my exact point so why i mean ask ask someone who hates me or uh, go find go find someone who thinks i'm less than human and ask them i don't i don't know i can't look at all the reasons that people think i'm going to hell deserve to die need to have my spleen fucked like I can't I can't live in that. I can't focus on that. I have other things to do and I wasted so much time in my 20s listening to what Gail Dines had to say. Listening to what the person asking how it felt to be perpetuating rape culture was trying to say. And it didn't like trying to empathize with that, trying to understand it, trying to create a dialogue with it. It didn't do me any good. And I don't think it did anything to reduce the stigma either. I, I guess why was the wrong question. It's probably more how. Like, is it is it somebody like this? Somebody like me from the outside, happy to have the conversation and take it onto a mainstream platform and say, tell us about this industry. Tell us about what work is like for you. Because like I say, you know, 
a thousand people, 20,000 people, whatever, 50,000 people might listen to this interview, majority men, I'm going to guess 90% of them plus are going to watch adult films. You know, so... So here's what happens when I say something smart. I'm the other side. Their counter arguments are, oh, she works for the pimp lobby. What pimp lobby? Um, oh, she's too privileged to comment on what it is to be a porn performer or a sex worker. Um, or she's such a victim of the patriarchy, she doesn't even know how victimized she is. So something Who's that, saying this, though? Is this, is this like media and, and political figures? Everyone from Gail Dines to people on Twitter. Like, okay. the whole stack. But you've, but you've just listed two categories of morons. Everyone, we know everyone on Twitter is a moron, and we know right, people in leadership roles are morons. Stick with me. Stick okay. with me. So what journalists can do to help is don't just interview one. So you're already kind of doing this. You yeah, interviewed yeah. Ali, you're interviewing me. What I believe will help is a never-ending stream of performers and other kinds of sex workers from various walks of life who all get the chance to say something smart because really, like, most sex workers are quite good at commenting on their own lived experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, I think, could be helpful. Um, I think... I think anything that humanizes sex workers to people who don't know anything about us, I think that's helpful. Um, so as much as I was like rolling my eyes about it, the posts a few years ago about like porn stars have pets, just like normal people. Yeah. Like that actually got us somewhere, I think. And I think also like you'll cross over a bit into a bit more of a mainstream world helps mm-hmm. the fact that you can be read in the guardian or the New York Times helps. But I guess I'm asking, do you want, you want perceptions to change, right? (sighs) Only because with the perception being how it is, we get laws like Measure B, we get laws like FOSTA-SESTA that actually make things worse or are ineffectual. So Measure B was ineffectual. FOSTA-SESTA put women who had never been in trafficking situations in a position where now they needed to rely on a pimp to get clients. Yeah. That FOSTA-SESTA made things worse. More women went missing than before. Like, post-FOSTA-SESTA, sex work is more dangerous. Or at least so I'm told by... This is, this is why you should keep talking to more of us. Well, no, we so can find I, you someone who can talk about that. So I talked to that Ali about that. That came out Foster Sester. She mm-hmm. was she she approached it differently. She she said, I can't try and remember. She was like, There's guys jerking off to our videos who are voting against us and making our lives more dangerous. Yeah. And I you know, agree with her. because the reason I'm saying this is because I'll go back to what really like the thing that really concerns me. And I think about, so I've got two children. I've got a son who's uh, nearly 16. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember when I turned 18, I felt like I was an adult, right? I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, two years, no way, you're still a child. And we look at the, the Epstein world. So Epstein was sexually abusing girls, so 16, 17, and they are children and we class them as children. 
And then we now have girls turning 18 who can go and make a porn video and have three guys, four guys, gangbang them. And, you know, it's full on and aggressive stuff. And that bridge is like, it's like a hard line where they can go from child to that. And that worries, that, that kind of area worries me. And like, do we need, like, by openly talking about this, do we create a, and tell me if I'm patronizing an industry I don't know anything about, but do, do we provide a better level of protection for people moving into the industry that they're not forced into dangerous and difficult scenes that they wouldn't normally do? So, okay. There's a lot in that. So, yes, we, we have two different things that have to be dealt with. Um, age of consent for various things. And then that last bit that you said about being forced, like, because... Under pressure. Performers come into the industry going, oh my God, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to get DP'd, I want to get gangbanged, I'm so excited. Kink.com's gangbang sites. There was a period where the director would have the performer write out their fantasy and then enact that. So like some of the gnarliest looking scenes are made in some of the most progressive ways. Okay. Whereas some scenes that look completely vanilla may have involved coercion or attempts at coercion. Um, And that's obviously what I'm talking about. Right. But when you lead in with like three guys, four guys and like, okay, don't like be careful here because what matters isn't how gnarly the scene looks. Okay. What matters is how it was made. Okay. That's a fair point. Um, as far as the age of consent. So, uh, name dropping. I spoke at Barnard for the second time a few years ago. It was Barnard's Take Back the Night. They had me in twice. Um, And that's particularly important for me because Take Back the Night has historically been very Mm anti-porn. So it was super cool that one of their chapters was having adult performers in. And so in this room, all these kids... And one's like, what do you think about aging the, raising the age to get into porn to 21? I'm like, okay, how many people in this room are under the age of 21? And most of the hands go up. And I'm like, okay, how many of you have made a large life altering decision? And there's like this like uncomfortable tension. And I'm like, like signing up for boatloads of student loans and moving across country to a place where you have to make friends from scratch. And the whole room is like, oh. So if we want to raise the age that a person can drink, raise the age that a person can enter the army, raise the age that a person can sign up for, frankly, crippling student loans, then, yeah, we can raise the age to enter porn, too. Um, do, you, do you think it should be raised? I I think as long as there's a huge stigma against it, it would be better if people waited until 21 or 25. Um, your brain is literally not finished developing in a very significant way uh-huh. until 25. Yeah, the whole frontal... What's it? The frontal lobe or the frontal? Uh, Rogan talks about it. I'm not a brain yeah. scientist. Me neither. I just I know the quote. Yeah. <laughs> I know the quote, so I can pull it out when I need it. Um, <laughs> no. 
So like, you know, perhaps, but I think as a society, we have to decide, do we give people in late adolescence scaled freedoms or do we make them wait until their brains finished cooking? And that's, that's not, we can't just do that with regards to porn. That's really unfair. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So I guess the question I was really working towards, which I think you're, you're helping me get to, which is then my worry of young, vulnerable people entering the industry and being coerced into things. Yeah. How big a problem is that? So part of the way through my contract with Digital Playground, I was on set and the performer I was supposed to work with that day had to cancel because something that didn't look right was oozing out of their urethra. Okay. So fair enough. I was like, okay, very much appreciate them not bringing that to set and putting it in me. That's great. And the producer is like, ah, you're going to have to work with so-and-so. And I'm like, no. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, this guy's busy and this guy we've already got doing this scene with this other person right now. And, like, it's just you're going to have to work with so-and-so. And I'm like, no. Um, and I had a friend visiting set with me that day. She was in from out of town, so I had a witness for this whole thing. <laughs> And we go around in circles for like 20 minutes. And finally I'm like, God fucking damn it. If that person touches me with his fucking penis, I'm going to have to pour bleach in my vulva and scrape the insides out with a spoon. And the guy goes, oh, why didn't you say? But like along the way, he was saying things like, what's the matter? You could be working at Walmart. And a few months later, I went and waited tables for a year. Instead of appearing on set. Because but not everyone's going to do that. Right. Some people have got rent to pay. So I don't actually know how big of a problem that is because the only people that sort of the other side of this debate of like, should porn exist under what conditions, like whatever, the other side pulls the sob stories. So their data isn't clear. I'm a bitch when I'm backed into a corner. So my data isn't clear. And like, I don't, I don't know how one would get good data on that. Okay. But that would be very useful. So if any academics are listening and perhaps want to study this, that would be really cool. Okay. So it's probably a problem, but we don't know the size of it. So. But like coercion happens in every industry. I think this, for me, this is slightly different in that it could be potentially long-term damaging to someone. That's, you know, that's, I guess, why I would care about it a bit more. And yes, of course, coercion. Coercion happens in any workplace, in any office place where people can be bullied. I got, man, two years ago, I got an email from a guy who works at one of these, like, tech places. And he's like, "Um, how... Can I talk about sex in the workplace ethically? And I'm like, no. And he's like, but I want to be able to talk about sex with my coworkers. And I'm like, you don't, you don't get to do that. 
That's not, you don't work at a porn company. You don't get to do that. That makes other people uncomfortable who can't get away from you because you're all employed together. No. And then he was like, oh, I guess you have a point. And like, but you say tech companies, any workplace bullying at a tech company in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. contractor full-timer wouldn't be acceptable. And this, to me, sounds, just sounds like workplace bullying. It's just a, it's just a different workplace. Okay. So uh, then the next question really is like, are there protections in place? Are there bodies that oversee this? Derek Hay is currently going through some kind of court proceeding. Um, Why do I know that name? LA Direct. He's probably the biggest agent in porn. He might was he, like there was a Louis Theroux documentary about the industry. Maybe. He might have been in that. Probably. That or I'm, I've seen it online and God, I hope my dad's not listening to this now. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so talk about that. What has he done? Well, I, I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't have time to keep up with all the bullshit shenanigans. Like, I don't find them entertaining. I get the Free Speech Coalition's newsletter. So I get, like, whatever they think the most important things that week are. Um, but as but a, I, don't, I don't know. But as a, like a let's say a star performer or a leader in the industry, does that come with pressures and people have an expectation that you do have an opinion on things or that you should be a, up to date on things? Boli me curats. What? It means my dick hurts in direct translation. It really means like I, I don't care. Okay. Um The West has a serious problem when it comes to celebrities and micro-celebrities. They forget that we're human. I have to eat every day. I have to do a ton of paperwork. I'm very bad at paperwork. I have ADHD. Medication can only get me so far. I have my column that I have to write two to three times a week. I have cats I have to take care of. Like Interviews to do with podcasters. Interviews to do at 10.30 at night. I don't I don't have time and when people want to sit there and like hang unrealistic expectations on me, I ignore them because I have to. What's the um what's Puff, the f- your tail is so puffy. <laughs> so you said earlier when we were talking, you said um that it impacts relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean obviously it does, you know. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a different career that your girlfriend will have and takes a lot of consideration. But is it like, are there things that I wouldn't expect, or I wouldn't realize that it makes a difference in? Beyond the obvious jealousy factor of you're going to work. Yeah, I know it's basically that. Um, the problem is that, so like normally, you know, typical person not involved with sex work at all, Guy gets jealous. They're a little jealous. They move on. Maybe they don't go to that coffee shop anymore or whatever. In porn, guy gets jealous, goes to Google, pokes the bruise over and over and over for three days straight, comes back to me. How can you let guys do those things to you? So, for me, because I'm not... 
There are a lot of performers who, when they get to the end of their performing career, they're very happy to settle down with one person and be monogamous and like happily ever after, or at least as far as they can get down that road. I'm not interested in that. So for me, it's a useful sorting mechanism. It's like, oh, I'm going to find out real fast if you have jealousy issues Uh um, and how they navigate them and really whether they're able to navigate them. Do you tell people straight away? Oh, God, yeah. Like before you go on a date, on the date, if they don't know, say? I did briefly try dating people that I didn't know through friends of friends. Uh, I didn't like that at all. Guys are disgusting and really entitled and fucking creepy. And they lie about their height and they use pictures that are like 10 years old and from a really good angle. So you don't even know who they are when they walk up to you in the coffee shop. And they're weird and like... Not all of us. Just like no, um, I'm just I'm not I'm not interested in like <laughs> meeting stranger. I I did I did the online dating experiment and it was bizarre. Um, someone slapped me without asking, like just like in the middle of kissing, just like um, when the face, yeah, on the, on the cheek. Did you punch him back? No. I spooked. I backed up against the wall. I was like, okay, you need to stay right where you are. I got up. I put my jacket on and my shoes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna go now. And he was like, well, can we go play pool? And I was like, okay, we can go play pool. We went and played pool. And then I was like, not interested in this. Did he, did he know at that point what you did for a career? Yes. So here's what happens. Well, is it? So here's, let me ask. Here's what happens. Is it an expectation they can treat you worse because they think you're doing this for the day job? Have you listened to like normal women? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because I, I do because the advice column, I get all the like, you know, I went on a date and this happened. It's not like it's not because of what I do for a living. It's because this is common. Yeah. Right, okay, maybe this is like, because I'm British and it's an American thing, I don't think this is something, this is not something I've commonly heard about in the UK, so maybe that. Although I would say, um, when I've dated in the US, because I travel here, I'm here every month for work, uh, people tend to say, oh, you're much nicer than American guys. Mm -hmm. So is there like a a cultural problem with American guys? Are we going back to the patriarchy thing here? It's possible. So I, I really like Serbia. They have strong patriarchy there, so strong that I can walk around in the street and nobody grabs me. In the U.S., twice, men have ripped the headphone cord, like they've like grabbed the headphone cord and ripped my earbuds out of my ears because they needed to tell me I was pretty. Okay. Like, I've been... They can't tap you on the shoulder. <laughs> public service announcement, do not ever tap me on the goddamn shoulder. Um, cause most of them do that or they like hop out in front of you or they're trying to take a picture up your skirt cause they think you're not looking or like, just like all this madness. But they're all and different in things. Serbia, in Serbia, people don't do that. 
because you might be someone's daughter, sister, mother. And if that's if that's what it takes, like that kind of patriarchy to be able to sit at a restaurant by myself with a book and have a nice meal without someone pulling out the chair across from me and being like, what's a nice girl like you doing all alone in a place like this? Then that's what I do. I guess there might be other things though, right? So for example... And by the way, this this kind of madness on the street has been happening since I was 13. Yeah, I mean, this way is before, terrible. Like, way before the porn, and people do sometimes try to twist it into, like, well, you do put yourself out there, and I'm like, then explain, explain having my panties commented on at 15. Yeah. Like... Yeah, I mean, it's clearly highly inappropriate, right? Mm. But I guess there are other things, like, so... Like I said to you, I had to Google before I came to see you. Is there any guys that have been okay with the job and then maybe been intimidated because they've seen guys who are like, like he's got a six pack and huge long? And- no, it's not that. Um, it's the you're so good at sex as though being good at sex on like making it look good for the camera has anything to do with making it feel good for you and your partner. Well, that's what we got into with Cindy today. Yeah. It's very different. She was saying even on their site, they've got uh, adult actresses and adult actors are putting real scenes of their real sexual life on their platform. I think she oversimplifies for marketing. Okay. So there's this like scale of observation. Uh-huh. You're all alone. The lights are off. The doors are locked. The curtains are drawn. You're masturbating. You're going to be one way. Introduce a partner, turn the lights on, add an audience, like you become more performative. Okay. So in fact, the most authentic thing on a porn set that's high production and has 50 people around you is to fuck for the back of the room. Uh-huh. Um, and I think, I think Cindy gets into territory where she's maligning porn and objectifying it for her own marketing ends. And that's fine because this is America and everybody's full of shit and marketing themselves. But, <laughs> like, I'm like, I, th- I think she collapses things okay. into real and not real. And I think that's inappropriate if we want to take porn seriously. I would compare it more to professional wrestling where you have layers. Okay. There's really athletic things happening where someone really could get hurt. Mm -hmm. It's all choreographed and it's for the camera, but they're really wrestling each other and really bleeding in some cases and really hitting each other with barbed wire wrapped brooms, but it's all scripted and everyone knows what's going to happen at what step and like, who's going to win. And then that in recent I'd say the past five to seven years that has been dragged onto the internet in professional wrestling. So you have the pro wrestlers maintaining their own accounts and adding layers of hype and promo that are like maybe more nuanced than what they get to do on camera. And then sometimes they go off the rails when there's like drama happening in WWE. Um, Like most recently the Saudi Arabia show, you have the company line and then you have what the performers were saying on Twitter that got like swiftly deleted. Um, And porn is more similar to that 
than this like real fake dichotomy. And that's one of the things that I think makes it so beautiful. Uh Porn and pro wrestling are like the most American things that could ever be invented. Plus plus a hot dog with mustard. Plus a hot dog with mustard. (laughs) Our our hot dogs are fucking shit compared to yours. But so, so... British food is pretty terrible. So the British food, we do... We do really shit food well. Like, if you want to get bangers and mash at a pub, mm-hmm. we do that. And we do the top end. We're terrible at the middle. Whereas you guys, I mean, you kill it on the whole spectrum because it's America, right? But you do the middle brilliant. Like, yes. if you want to go and sit in a bar and drink beer and watch the NFL and then get tater tots and a double cheeseburger with bacon and then, like, cheese dripping in, uh, sorry, fries dripped in cheese. Like you, I'm saying you do that middle bit brilliantly. Yes. And we're, we're terrible at that. <laughs> but if you come to London, I know the places. Okay. Go. I'll show you. Okay, so, so... I actually will bother you for that. Do it. There's a place... There's a place... Like you promised me food recommendations. There's a place on Frith Street in London where I get all my tattoos. Okay. Called Choto Mate. It's a Peruvian Japanese fusion. It's amazing. That's the place to go. Okay, so... How is this? Is an awkward question to ask. I feel embarrassed to ask it, but how is sex therefore different in a relationship for you? And tell me to mind my own fucking business if this is too personal, but how is it different for you than on set? Is it just the same as it is for me? Because I've got a feeling it can't be exactly the same. There's got to be some differences because you come with a different background and history, and I believe a lot of our sexual desires and experiences and wants come with a, come from a background. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to our spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way at one end is the stuff for digital playground. Mm-hmm. Like any authentic moments usually got cut out. You know, the, the ugly body positions where like you're, on top and cowgirl and you're so overcome by an orgasm that you like crunch forward and maybe the belly folds a little bit that gets cut out. Okay. Um, so then you get into graphic depictions was very like on purpose staged because it was me processing what it is to be an adult performer in the modern era directly referencing Cafe Flesh, which is the first and possibly only original idea to come out of pornography. It's a post-apocalyptic world where there's been some sort of like terrible war and one of the ramifications is very few people can handle being touched by another person. So the few that can are pushed into service performing sexual acts in this theater. So all the people who can't be touched can come and like feel like a whisper of that watching these people touch each other sexually. So that was very performative in an authentic way. Then you get into around the world in 80 ways where I'm like, I'm picking people I like as persons who I want to have sex with and it's going to be fun and I'm directing and I don't really care about the pop shop most of the time. And one time mid scene, I was like, Hey guys, do you want to DP me just for fun? And you see, it's like 10 minutes of the scene is just man ass and balls. And I'm having a great time and you hear squeaks of joy, but like you can't see anything. And those scenes increasingly, I don't even cut the sex footage. 
I tried doing, it was like a sad little miniature A-B test where for a couple of episodes I did the extended and the edited and people overwhelmingly like the extended, so why am I paying the editor? So then you get into having sex with a man for the first time or two. They're very nervous. They're probably not going to get an erection. And it's because they're like worried about how they're going to impress me or they're worried about like... Is this real life, not film? This is, well, it's all real life. You know what I mean? The, 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 in is the this wild. on set or this is in the in wild? In the wild, yes. Okay. But it's still, for me, it's more performative than an around the world in 80 ways scene because I'm there trying to project calm and patience. So you're compassionate about it. going to be fine and we're going to get past your fixation on your dick being hard and we'll have fun. And then you're not thinking about your dick being hard. And so you're going to be able to get an erection and maybe we'll have penetrative sex, but also maybe putting the condom on will make it wilt because then you're thinking about your dick again. And you have to do that a few times before they feel comfortable. And then you can have authentic, connected sex. But you're compassionate towards this. Usually. Yeah. There was like a string of like two years where every new partner just could not get their dick hard and then felt it was a personal failing. And they just spiral into this really sad slump. Well, so one thing... You obviously will talk about dicks, vaginas, sex positions, getting a hard dick, masturbation. You can just say the words very comfortably, mm. just off the tongue. It's no problem. I've, you know, my 41 years, never had a relationship where it's just said so openly and discussed in this way. Is it the same at the start of a relationship? Are you the same? Or, you, or is this because this is a professional interview and you just... Oh, no, I'm the same. and um, Because I can imagine that's a bit intimidating. One of the things that I like about porn being such a good, like, jealousy emphasizer, if it's there, is also I, I can't do don't ask, don't tell. Okay. Um, I don't do monogamy, but I also can't do don't ask, don't tell. So if they can't handle, like, how was your day? Oh, I got fucking railed. It was amazing. Then, like, I can't, I can't date them for very long. I have to be reminded with, like, say, a parental figure that's quite sensitive. Like, I have to be reminded, like, there are certain sets of words and subjects that you shouldn't bring up. Um, and to circle back to the your question about do the guys I go on dates with know, when I was trying to date anonymously, one of the first questions is, what do you do? And I'd say, I'm a writer. They'd say, what do you write about? Stuff. Who do you write for? Slate. Oh my God, are you stoic? Like, uh-huh. it was impossible to... You couldn't hide it. No, because one of the first things, I, I don't know about England, but one of the first things here that people want to know about you is what's your job? I mean, it comes, yeah, you know, like, if I'm honest, if you're on Tinder, like, it's one of the first questions. It's mm-hmm. like... How tall are you? What do you do for a living? <laughs> yeah, and I would try to play coy. Um, also, my accounts kept getting taken away because I was being accused of impersonating myself. Okay. That got weird. I had to flex at Bumble on Twitter. 
Um, they, they took my account away, but then the email was a do not reply address. So I didn't have any way to contact them. And I was like, actually, this is the best way to prove my identity. Hey guys, can I have my account back? Um, and they gave it back, but then they kept taking my pictures down and it was, I feel like I'm on Instagram. This sucks. Fuck's sake, guys. I just want to date here. Yeah, just, I'm just trying to date like a normal human in 2019. Why don't I get to be normal? Um, does it we bo- all know why I don't get to be normal. I don't know. Do you, does it bother you? Does it, like, get to you? Like, is it important? Do you want a relationship? What kind of relationship? I'm guessing beyond the sex. Like, someone you can, like, emotionally connect to, and when you've had a shit day, come and say, look, I've had a shit day, and they can make you a cup of tea, and you can talk about it, you can go to the movie. Like, just that stuff where it's, like, the companionship. Well, I have that until they decide that they want to do the settling down thing. Okay. So it's people, like, rotate, or, like, they, like decide they want to see how this thing plays out with this one person who requires monogamy and it's like okay go i hope it works out if it doesn't work out like i'll be around i might not have a slot in my schedule open at the time but you haven't really answered my question though like do you want it yourself because you brought it up quite early it was one of the first things you said so, like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, usually when I interview somebody, if they bring something up quite early, but that wasn't a direct part of the question, it's obviously something that's important. I think so. Mm, I would argue that I've spent more time doing interviews than I have having sex in my career. And I know that that's one of the questions that people immediately want to know. They right, want to okay. know how you got in. How does it affect relationships? How upset are your parents? Although sometimes it's how do your parents feel, which is an improvement. Um, You're just reeling off my questions like I'm a cliche now. How am I doing? You're doing fine. Well, listen, look. I haven't gone combative once. No, you haven't. And yeah, so I think, you're doing great. And actually. the other thing is like the goal of this, you know, is to, I want other people to know about this industry. Mm-hmm. And I, I want it normalized i like i care about because i'm my world is bitcoin right it's censorship resistant money so i care about things that are censored whether it's uh sex workers and they're financially censored or it's you know i discovered bitcoin because my mum was dying from cancer and i wanted to get her a treatment of cannabis oil and it's illegal i ended up buying it with bitcoin so i care about that industry i care about any industry where People are controlled by bullshit laws and regulations. So I care about this industry and I therefore care that the people in the industry are treated right. That's so what you I mentioned, want to You mentioned financial censorship. Can yeah. we talk about that? Because that's interesting yeah. to me. We can so, definitely talk about that. Last month, I went to Los Angeles. I worked for Caden's company. I directed a scene for her. It went great. The, the fires interfered with the sound guy getting to set but we made we made it work and then I go to LAX to get on the plane it's like 4 30 in the morning I'm waiting in the security line I get my period I'm like it's not a sign and then it's it's early um that's the important fact I get my period early there are no tampon vending machines that are working the stores are closed 
Finally, five rolls around. I'm able to get a tampon and stop bleeding all over myself. I get home. My period continues for three weeks. That's a long one. With like a couple days off here and there. Um, So I go to the doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, that's not right. I'm like, I know. And she's like, I'm going to run a thyroid test. And she doesn't run a thyroid test. But she sends me for an ultrasound and it comes back with, we don't know. We could give you hormonal birth control. And I'm like, HBC makes me crazy. But I go to my psychiatrist and I'm like, hey, here's what's going on. Here's the plan. He's like, please, for the love of God, do not go on hormonal birth control. (laughs) Um, So I'm like, okay, not going to do that. So now I cannot perform until my cycle balances out and becomes predictable again, I cannot schedule myself for any work on camera that involves my vagina. Why? Cece Bill, the payment yeah, yeah, processor, yeah, I know them, yeah. um, they, in their rules, there can't be any blood. No blood. Why? Well, Visa. How do I get in touch with the people at Visa to get an answer? Well, you can't. So as near as I can tell, out of a desire to protect women, not show blood and sex at the same time because violence, Visa has overshot erasing menstruation in porn. You never see menstruation. Your average adult woman spends a week, a month dealing with menstruation for like 40 40, years or so. So 10 years, 10 years of the prime of one's life, you're menstruating. And yet in porn, we do not ever see it because we cannot sell content that shows a very natural part of a woman's life. And that's the kind of thing that puts sex in a weird fantasy space that divorces it from a reminder of what it is. Like sex is a procreative act. The what we call a sex drive, which is really more of like an urge or a desire or an interest. Um, it's it's not a drive like staying warm or eating is, at least according to Emily Nagoski, who I think is very smart. Um, so we're we're in a position where we cannot show the animal aspect of being a woman in one's fertile years. There's all this in and out with like complete hands over the ears, la, 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 when it comes to this thing that like happens. Um, And it's, it's very difficult to get the customer service rep to put you on the phone with someone who might be able to explain the erasure of menstruation in porn. I can't see them wanting to have that conversation. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. No. But if if you were to show it, would that be like a subcategory? If you were to show it, your billing would get taken away. No, I'm thinking outside of that. Say the billing okay. was fine. 
you know, it's a very natural act, of course, but also a lot of porn is fantasy. So not everyone's going to want to see that. Well, not everyone's going to want to see Make Love Not Porn. Well, my point being, therefore, is is it just, are you talking about this is just a subcategory? Like, would it be a raise like the, you talked about the kind of hunched over belly fall moment? Would that also be something that would be cut or would it become a subcategory? I don't know or care what other pornographers would do with that freedom. You just want the freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. See, that's one aspect, but there's also the aspect of chargebacks is one of the big headaches as well that causes a lot of... I will say CC Bill is very good about chargebacks. Okay. Because we log the data Uh of when, what was accessed, how many times, by which user... So every time a user goes to CC Bill and says, the site didn't work, I want my money back, we have the logs that say, well, it worked for you to download ABC, and then you came back the next day and downloaded something else. Um, And CC Bill always takes the creator's side, or the business person's side. Okay, so... They will actually burn cards. Interesting. If you charge back at CC Bill, your card will no longer work. So you've got an extra difficulty to go through. Mm-hmm. So what happened with PayPal then? Um, PayPal has always had terms of service, or at least in the past 10 years, has always had terms of service that say, you can't use our service for adult stuff. And that's not really nice of them, but they are a private business who has the right It is not discrimination against, like, in the legal definition of discrimination, sex workers is not the same as being black or gay or elderly. Um, But it's still financial censorship of a legal industry, which is, at some points, clearly a moral judgment. My favorite was when Visa, they wouldn't allow New Zealand citizens to post escort ads. Like they wouldn't allow anyone to use a visa card to pay to post an escort ad in a country where it's completely legal. Yeah. I don't know. So one of the things that I think about with financial censorship is that it's like drug prohibition. It doesn't stop people taking drugs. Mm -hmm. It never stopped me. It just made it more difficult and more dangerous. My expectation is that financial censorship on the adult industry whether it's you know adult actresses performers or sex workers it's it just makes their life more difficult and therefore potentially more dangerous yeah um one of the things that camming clip stores all that do is give people who rely on sex work a safer legal way to support themselves the beauty of a platform like clips for sale or as much as i hate them Pornhub, is that the the performer themselves is running a small business themselves they're making they're making the choices about who they're going to work with what they're going to do um content trades tend to be fairly collaborative from what i understand I like to micromanage and control everything, so I don't have much experience with that. So seeing seeing something like PayPal suddenly stopping all payments with Pornhub, 
that means there are people who don't know where rent's coming from that month. Um, did you catch that article? Which one? The, um, the one about Pornhub. Yeah, it happened like yesterday. Yeah. PayPal was like, you can't use us to pay people anymore. Yeah, do you want me to tell you an interesting thing about that? Okay, yes, please. So I shared that article in two places. So I shared it on Twitter. I could look it up. So Twitter, I've got a very liberal group of people who follow me because I'm a, a you know, Bitcoin guy. So mm-hmm. they've got an interest in any form of censorship. Anyway, so I shared it out on Twitter and it sparked a whole bunch of debate, retweets, shares, likes. I put it up on Facebook and it was liked by about three people and they're the they're all people who also added me as a friend because they listen to my podcast. Like not a single one. Because you've got to think that's friends and family. Yeah. You know, and not a, and I know they all watch porn and I put it out, you know, with a, you know, with a provocative title saying, you know, financial, financial censorship from porn, uh, from PayPal has made the life of sex workers more difficult. Just, just to trigger a reaction. I know they watch porn. Mm-hmm. I know these people do, but there was, there was no response, not a single response to it from any of my friends. And people put it up on Twitter and everyone discusses it because well, a bunch of people have anonymous identities and you know they're a pink banana or something, yeah. and crypto dog or something, but openly discussed it. And also other people who are, you know, they are sharing who they are. They, they were happy to discuss it. I thought that, you know, as a little size story, I thought that was quite interesting. Cindy talks about how um, if she posts something about sex on Twitter versus something not about sex. Like people are far less likely to retweet the sex thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are nervous about it. There's another guy and actually I noticed he follows you, Andreas Antonopoulos, who's a very well known Bitcoiner. He's probably the leading guy. He he's been on Rogan like three times, written books. He's amazing. He he will cut people down if they're critical of the Apple industry. He will fucking destroy them. He's brilliant. He yeah. follows you as well. Okay. Um, yeah, so what is the what are the solutions here? Like, obviously, my world, let's say broadly cryptocurrency to begin with, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to nail you down on the Bitcoin stuff, but broadly cryptocurrency, it doesn't seem like the industry has fully reacted and embraced it. So, personally, for me, the hang-up is CC Bill. Once a year, I go to CC Bill, and I'm like, hey, Colin... Just wondering if you're ever going to take Bitcoin because, you know, we got all these people who are like, oh, I love you, Stoya, but I'm really embarrassed that, like my wife might see and like, you know, do you think I could use Bitcoin? And I'm like, I don't have a system for that because I still have to track all the income, right? Because I got to report to the IRS at the end of the year and be like, this is what came in. And um, it would be really convenient if CC Bill would just take Bitcoin, but they won't. Um, it's gotten to the point now where Colin has said, believe me, you will be my very first email. Please stop asking. Do I need to go and see him? You might. Say, Come on, man. Yeah. But there are other companies you could work with. Other companies that my webmaster knows how to make work. You can make it work. There's like, there's open node. There is uh, BTC pay server. I'm sure any of these companies, if I spoke to them, they'll be like, yeah, let's try it. Let's give it a go. Will CC Bill tolerate 
serving a platform that also accepts blockchain currency, cryptocurrency. That's for you to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. If you had the conversation. And every time I try to talk to CC Bill about crypto, they're like, no, we don't want to deal with this. Here's why. Um, I can't see them cutting you off because you have a percentage of customers using Bitcoin. It sounds like the customers that you're not getting or... I don't know. It's, it's scary because being in porn, you have such few options for payment processing. So it's, you know, it is this thing where it's like, is CC Bill going to get pissed and drop us? And that feels like a real risk. I mean, if you have the conversation and you want to try it, I know the people you could speak to, certainly. But is this a wider discussion? Are people talking about this in the industry? Yeah, and they all have spank chain or beaver bucks yeah, or but like you don't whatever. Want that bullshit. And it's not like I'm mean, I don't see it being feasible what's yeah, what people are talking about in porn. No, so they're all bullshit, right? So there's Bitcoin maybe Ethereum? No, no, no. No. I mean, look, there's there's Bitcoin, right? And there's shit coins. And some people will say anything that's not Bitcoin is a shit coin. I did that on Twitter yesterday just to piss some people off and it worked. Um but realistically... Last time I wanted to piss people off, I said there's no such thing as porn addiction. <laughs> that tweet's still going. <laughs> you like me, you just can't help but stoke the fire. I got this question, or this, like, you... I forget what it, I got some message from someone that was like, blah, 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 porn addiction. And it was like, God damn it, it's not a fucking thing. Compulsive behaviors are a thing. Hiding from your problems in sex, alcohol, whatever, definitely a thing. <laughs> like porn addiction, like pull the other one. Um, well, but back to so if I was if I was you running your website, even though I'm a Bitcoiner, I love Bitcoin. I think Ethereum is mainly stupid. If someone wants to pay me it, and then and I can instantly either convert that into Bitcoin or into dollars, well, of course I would accept it. Mm-hmm. But Bitcoin is Bitcoin is king, right? The only thing I, I would say you have a warning on is that if you intend to hold the coin after you've been paid, the prices can be volatile. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be prepared for that. Now, I get paid by some of my sponsors on my podcast in Bitcoin. And what I tend to do is if they pay me in Bitcoin, I convert 75% immediately into pounds and I keep 25% in Bitcoin for the future. And this is like an investment. Mm-hmm. But I certainly think... I certainly think that if people are being censored, Bitcoin is an opportunity. This this is where my conversation started with Ali, who, you know, I think, you know, she accepted Bitcoin for a long time, and I certainly think it's something that can help because, yeah, I think any form of censorship is kind of bullshit. So maybe I need to uh, to hook you up with these guys if uh, if CCPL CCP will let you do it. <laughs> But that's not the only censorship, right? Like, I read your thing where you said you can't get loans, use apartments. Like, people oh, make God. your life difficult, right? Uh, renting in New York is a nightmare. Um, now, the thing to know is even if they didn't get all uptight because of the sex work, I would still end up having to pay for the whole year up front because I have no credit. Right. Because... What am I get like? Am I going to go try to get a small business loan? That's hilarious. Never had a car. Had a credit card for a year. Didn't use it. Didn't want to pay the f- like. Why would I pay for a credit card that I'm not using? So, a person with credit 
should be able to just rent an apartment, right? So how does this go down? You go, you look at an apartment, it's an okay apartment. You're like, I'd like to fill out the application. They're like, you do what? Oh, thank you. Have a great day. So then you find the one apartment that's like still willing to hear you out. And they're like, okay, we will rent to you if you give us a year's worth of rent up front. And you do it because you need a place to live that doesn't have a hole in the ceiling that birds are flying in through and setting up nests. So you, you take the place. <laughs> and then after that year, then you get to go on like paying every month. So then you want to like stay in one apartment, right? And that's that's not unique to me. Just about everyone, everyone I know who supports themselves with sex work either lied to the landlord, sent someone else with a more respectable job, or had to do what I have to do, which is pay for it up front. Because also, I don't really get the luxury of like assuming they'll never figure out who I am. So I have to be frank about these things unless I want like a nasty surprise halfway through the year. See, there's, I see uh, as an entrepreneur, I see a whole opportunity for someone brave enough to create a whole infrastructure for a number of industries which are archaically discriminated against. Printing is another thing. Um, I remember commiserating with someone in the weed industry about how difficult it is to find a printer for like anything. If you want like pamph like nice glossy pamphlets or like a production booklet to go with a USB drive with sex scenes on it or like whatever. Um, it's it's difficult. All right. Well, listen, it's got very late. I'm conscious I've taken... I could probably talk to you for hours about this. Um, I saw you making notes. Oh, no, it's just as I'm, as I'm going, I just kind of like write things down and I might ask you about it. But one, we've passed the time. You know, one, one, you know, one thing I did write down is like, you're obviously expanding out beyond just being a performer. So have you got kind of long-term goals of other things you want to do? You're obviously writing and directing, but there are other things that you are, like you're clearly a very creative person. You know, I've read about your interest in literature and you know you write as well. Like, have you got passion projects that you're being drawn towards? There's one, but I don't want to say it in a public forum yet because I don't want to jinx it. Okay. Um, Can I have the exclusive when you do? <laughs> I can't promise you no, that. No, you can't. There's people with bigger um, audiences. I'll, I'll, if I'm a big shit by then, will you? I'll tell you as soon as the recorder's off. All right, cool. Um, but I, I actually don't know if it'll be of interest to you. And mostly, I want to build a porn company that I want to work for. Okay. Um, and that's, it comes from a very, like, not man-win kind of place. Like, I... I left working conditions that I was unhappy with. Um, and even, even before man, when bought digital playground, like there were moments that were not okay. Like that producer with the vagina spoon comment, um, with my vagina spoon comment that, that is very interesting to me proving that you can 
just put up a sex scene that happens to have a black man and not make a big deal out of it. Same thing with trans people. Like, we can just do this. Do you think these companies are going to be better run by women? I think they're already being better run by women. Caden Cross swept the award shows last season with her. Um, so my tense was, was wrong. It's called but, Drive. Sorry. Yeah. So I got my tense wrong, but like, <laughs> what I'm saying is not are they, will they? Like, generally speaking, what I'm asking is, do women do this better in terms I, of the operations? I think so, oh. and it. We're seeing more women taking control in the past five years, and it's very exciting because, like, um, you know, going out and directing for Caden, I was worried because it's a mainstream porn set. I was like, okay, like, what's it going to be like? Is there going to be, like, weird shenanigans? And everything was so smooth. Everyone's boundaries and limits were, like, asked for before the scene, like, we went to the performers with like, here's the idea. Will you fill in the dialogue that directs the actions? So you're doing things that you actually want to be doing, um, which is brilliant. And like, it was, it was really good. Whereas some of the male run porn sets tend to be, they don't have the same finesse and empathy that people who've been performers themselves have is I think a big part of it. Like Steve Hirsch from Vivid has no idea, no clue what it's like to be cleaning your anus out on a cold bathroom floor at 7.30 in the morning to go like deliver a high energy performance. Um, and he never will know what it's like. And so he's going to make decisions about how the set gets run that aren't as accommodating as someone who's been there is likely to be. But so you could have male who've worked on set who could be doing this, but I still have a feeling it'd be slightly different or probably massively different run by women, probably more compassionate. It's the, it comes down to has the person in charge been the receptive partner? Okay. So like in the real world saying men versus women does get it right, but the like meat of it is has the person been the fucky? Um cuz that's that's where the real vulnerability is. Um and that's where potential of physical injury more and like whatever although sometimes sometimes the male performers every once in a while someone snaps their penis and it's very what? upsetting yeah that you can do that um that's a real thing yeah if it <laughs> if it comes out and goes in at the wrong angle it, it can, actually snaps it i'm not entirely i'm not a doctor let's move on because i don't yeah. even want to know this happens <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right so listen final question if people have listened to this and they've listened all the way through and they are people who consume pornography what do you want them to take from this like do you want any behavior change um what are the I important mean, messages the first thing they should do is go to zero spaces.com and consider giving us their money okay but um i think for people who want 
to be ethical consumers of porn, the easiest thing to do is pick the performers they like and then see what those performers are promoting. Okay. Because there are no hard and fast rules about like this company versus that company. You know, I I don't like the Pornhub empire at all, but other people love them. Um, I think Caden runs a great set. I'm sure there's someone who has a criticism of it. Um, So you can go like, I like these people. They're posting about doing this and that. So obviously they're either getting a kickback somehow, which is good for them, or they enjoyed their time, possibly both. So that can be a really good shortcut to like, can I feel good about watching this? Another thing that they could do is contact PayPal and say, hey, we think it's screwy that you're so against sex workers. I know when there's a public outcry, sometimes companies take notice. So if they feel moved to send an email, enough of those could do something. I dramatically hashtag boycott PayPal, and I knew it wouldn't make any difference. (laughs) Yeah. I just had my dramatic moment. Yeah. All right, cool. Thank you for doing this. This is an eye opener. Thank you. Did I do all right? You did. And I pass. You all really right. did. So, Story, if people want to follow your work, where do they find you? Zerospaces.com. Um, Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Stoya. You never know how long a sex worker's social media account is going to last these days, though. And. I have a website that I swear I'm going to update one day again. It's hellostoya.com. That's the one I emailed you from. I never heard back. Do you know about that? Yeah, I emailed you a while back. I was like, hi, I want to do an interview, blah, blah, blah. I got no reply. I can tell you what I suspect happened. It got lost in the hundreds of fan posts. There was a guy who, um, he was some kind of, tech something and he asked if i would be willing to sit down and talk with him about i want to say blockchain and then he sent another email asking if i had any unresolved vampire fetishes because i looked like i must yeah that wasn't me right so (laughs) then i was like fuck tech people for about six months i was like i don't know you i don't know anyone who knows you i'm not dealing with your email because i don't want to get asked any creepy questions well that's really funny you should say that because whilst bitcoin is tech and i've got a bitcoin podcast i am notoriously known for not being techie i always say i'm not techie i don't get this shit i don't know how this fucking blockchain works and they all hate me they're like why the fuck you listen to his podcast? He doesn't know what blockchain is. <laughs> he can't set up a node. So they all get pissed off at me. So, oh, yeah. So, all right, listen, thank you. Really enjoyed this. Um, I hope we can do it again sometime. Sweet. All right, thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thank you. This show was produced by Tom Patterson and Danny Knowles. Our website is defiance.news, where you can download previous shows and watch our films. Support for Defiance comes from Kraken, the best and safest exchange for buying Bitcoin, available at kraken.com, or you can download the app from the Apple and Google app stores. If you'd like to support our work, please share the show out with your friends and family on social media, subscribe to Defiance on your favorite platform, and leave us a review on iTunes. My name is Peter McCormack. You can check out my other show, What Bitcoin Did, at whatbitcoindid.com, and I'll be back next week with another episode of Defiance.